0: Perfect Balance Healthcare presents Lick, Stick, and More with your host, Dr. Nandita Kuti. Join me to explore the minds of thought leaders as they share golden nuggets on the impact of faith integration in practice, professional development tips, and innovative solutions to bring you beyond ordinary healthcare. Thank you for coming in to join me for another episode with me, your host, Dr. Nandita Kuri. I have with me today, doctor, friend and consultant and partner, Dr. Zahid Sheik. And I'm going to allow him, for those of you who haven't come across him yet, to introduce himself and to share a little bit of background and what he's doing.
1: All right. So I'm Zahid Sheik and I'm a family physician. I worked in emergency medicine medicine for quite a while then in primary care, and then also in urgent care walk-in clinics. So a lot of exposure to a lot of patients, inpatient and outpatient.
0: So tell me a little bit about Hillside. What is Hillside? What do you guys do, and how is it changing healthcare today? See, as
1: I noticed, and when my days in the ER and also other places, basically what's happening, a lot of chronically ill patients, they're not being managed properly in between doctor's visits? Because they go to the doctor, they get treated, they're seen, and three months later, they go back. But what happens in between? So Medicare started in 2015, a program called chronic care management, where the primary care physician or the cardiologist or the other internist or general physician would call the patient on a regular basis every month to review what, how their health is. And in that process, we review a lot of things about the diet, nutrition, but one of the most important things we all seem to forget, the medications. And that's where we have realized as physicians that in this process of doing chronic care management, it appears that medications and how they're taken properly and what medications a patient is on and how much errors occur in taking and dispensing the medications that we have bad clinical outcomes and Medicare realized that. So one of the biggest things we find is medication reconciliation. And that seems to be a bigger thing that we're doing on every CCM meeting.
0: Would you say that med errors have increased over the past decade, or do you think it's not as big of a problem as it used to be?
1: Well, it is a problem because the data has shown that about 160,000 Americans die because of medication mismanagement that number varies. But why is that? I mean, in the old days, the scripts were read by doctors and it was unreadable. But now we get electronic medical records. So the pharmacist doesn't have a problem reading our scripts. So what's going on? Um, The question is, patients are going from one doctor to another doctor. There's no communication. So what happens if patients are on multiple meds?
0: Absolutely. So one of the reasons you and I became friends about, how long has it been now?
1: A year and a half or two?
0: Already, wow. Yeah. Uh, And we connected over chronic care management being a passion spot for us. Explain to our audience exactly what CCM is.
1: Well, basically, chronic care management, like I said, was a call by the primary care physician's office on a regular basis and asking the patient how they're doing in between the visits. Are they getting better? How's their diabetes? How's their blood pressure? One of the most important things, and this is where as pharmacists and physicians should be collaborating quite a bit, is that the pharmacist sees a patient, but the patient goes to different doctors. And quite often there's no communication. And that's where a very important component we found is the pharmacist. The reason is the pharmacist is there and the questions we're writing prescriptions, and at the end of the day, they come to you and they say, "Wait a minute, this doctor wrote this script, this doctor wrote this script, but there's contraindications," and that's where we've got to have a very strong collaboration. And I'll be upfront with medical students that teach. I said, "Always keep a pharmacist on your right side or left side, whichever you want, because that is going to be your partner in the care of patient." The days are gone that we as physicians can say, okay, I, you know, I'm, I'm by myself. And a very smart physician will always have a pharmacist at his or her side because you want better clinical outcomes. Mm-hmm. And medication reconciliation is in Medicare's big list of things that have to be done regularly. And they are really looking at this carefully and we wanna cut down errors. And if you have a pharmacist who's also watching over your shoulder, remember, the pharmacist is protecting you and the patient. And that collaboration is going to be, I think, it's a symbiotic relationship. They can't live without each other.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm just curious. Do you keep your devil on the right or on the left?
1: Mm. <laughs> My thing is, wait a minute. Oh, I just want to know oh, what right, side i get I, think, I just forgot about that. Nah, I don't have a devil. <laughs>
0: You have only good sides. Okay.
1: I've got both in good sides. <laughs> and my thing, my pharmacist is on my both sides because I'm covered. Because what happens is I am um, protected and uh, making sure the pills are done
0: right. <laughs> um, another term that's been a really hot topic buzzword right now. What are STOH? What are the different domains of STOH? And how does CCM help to address those different sectors?
1: Yeah, social deter- determinants of health. Big word. Not brief. What hasn't you're right? It's a new buzzword because when somebody sees you in the pharmacy or me in as the office, we don't know what's going on in the house. And these things affect the patient a lot, they do have a very big impact. Let's look at a patient, um, for example, who has asthma. You're giving the right medications, I'm prescribing the right medications, you're educating the patient, I'm educating the patient. What is going wrong? When you have like CCM, somebody calling and the patient sitting home, oh, yeah, I'm looking at the roof. I've got mold on the roof. And he's saying, okay, now we know what's triggering the asthma. So that is becoming a very important component of medicine. And quite often, when they come to your pharmacy and then they spend a little bit of time, then you have inter- social interaction. We have a little bit of social interaction. But in medicine, we are, you know, time and and everything's timed and and these things we don't seem to pick up but when we do chronic care management and when somebody's calling the patient when the patient's sitting at home there is a person who's sitting in his own safe environment when they come to our practice or anywhere else it's a, it's a different environment it could be kind of i wouldn't say the word hostile but unfriendly because it's a different place but at home When we're doing CCM, chronic care management, we're on the phone talking to them. They're in a relaxed environment. They open up more to a lot more things. Mm -hmm. You know, could ask about how's your food intake? Well, you know, um, I don't have money for food. Then do we get meals on wheels to help these patients? Or they have, uh, you know, a house that is falling apart or they're in a wheelchair and they don't have a ramp. So we don't know that happens, but when they're talking to the patient, now the doctor's getting a lot of these information about the patient by doing CCM or chronic care management, and the social determinants of health actually are now addressed in a proper manner. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, we're looking at what are the financial Mm -hmm. issues that a patient is facing? What is the stability like in the home? Mm -hmm. You know, we're looking at educational issues, access issues, and we're looking at, um, of course, the quality of care. And, right. and taking all of these things into into consideration, because now we're we're seeing a push towards holistic approaches Correct. to health, right? and and right. how can we look at the patient as a whole as opposed to just looking at a specific diagnosis? Um, and so I think that's really important i' am I'm liking that buzzword right. because I feel like it's really right. helping us to shift the way that we're practicing.
1: See, what happens is now it's very important us to go to look at the social determinants of health. You know what? Cuba, their physicians do house visits they have a good insight at social determinants of health. Did you know that?
0: Why is that? Why is that? What exactly because are they looking at? it is
1: you know, their physicians are doing home visits. Home visits are coming back in now because what happens is when you, as a physician, go to the patient's house, you can actually see the environment that patient lives in. And now when you understand that environment, you're going to be able to make more rational, intelligent decisions about their care. And quite often, When somebody comes with an elderly patient that's sitting in the same room as the abuser, that has happened. So they won't say nothing. But when you're doing like CCM or when you're doing home visit, that abuser is not there. And we pick up these things from the patient that, wait a minute, start telling us there is elderly abuse. Mm -hmm. So this is very important. A lot of these things, we have to have the paradigm shift. And has the telemedicine helps a little bit there too? Yes. Uh, I mean, the, all these factors, telemedicine, home visits, office visits. Now, the, basically, it's things have changed. And we have to change with the times how to take care of the patient.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have to say, I've been seeing a push towards a lot of tele, a lot of remote, a lot of people contact me, they're like, I want to learn how to work remotely. And i got to be honest with you, there's some things about it that I'm seeing, of course, the benefits of us being able to get into the homes of patients at their convenience and reach them in ways that we weren't able to reach them and to expand our geographic reach as to who we care for. But at the same time, I feel like we're losing that vintage healthcare that you're talking about. Where do you see that? Do you see that that loss? Do you see that disconnect happening where we're outsourcing more and we're, we're turning to automation more in, in healthcare? Or do you feel like there's still some of us that care about that real relationship, that in-person interaction.
1: Well, maybe I'm old-fashioned, but let's be realistic. You know, we're human beings, we're social animals. And when we're interacting with people, they feel more comfortable. When we put people in a pigeonhole they become isolated, and has COVID given you an example, is uh, become people isolated, actually there's more suicide attempts during covid and numbers have been varied between being 70,000 plus more um, different data. But again, because there's no social interaction. So I think it's very important to continue the social interaction. There's a place for everything. Telemedicine has its place. But then the human touch has this very important place because you build a relationship with a person. And you can understand a person. On a computer, you can't get a what we call a vibe. Sometimes when you see a patient, there's some what we call connection, subconscious, and that seems to give us a little bit more information too. You can plug in a computer, Google everything, and put in the data. But when you're in front of a human being, there's something else that comes in. And that human touch is a very important element in medicine.
0: Dr. Mm-hmm. Sheikh, I had to ask you, are you still with me? Are you awake? Are you still with me? I am still awake, yeah. Awake. I know you have a tendency of falling asleep when we're collaborating. So just
1: No, no, no. no. That was that was before now it's in, in live, you can't see me fall asleep. And you you can hide behind
0: the phone screen.
1: Oh, I know that. What well, phone screen? Okay.
0: I got to ask okay. you, what are the quality measures that physicians are struggling with, particularly PCPs, that you feel like pharmacists are perfectly fashioned to assist them with and how?
1: I think one of the quality measures, which is chronic care management and everything else, is medical re- medicine reconciliation. That's one of the biggest top brownie points in what we call the new MIPS score. It's pretty high there. It's a big high percentage. So that's where the medicine reconciliation, that's where the pharmacist comes in. And he or she basically collaborates with us. So that way, that part is taken care of very strongly. And that's why I think it's a very important aspect for us to have pharmacists in our uh, right beside us or in our uh, right side. you got to make sure it's the right place. On
0: the right side. So that's
1: okay. All right. Yeah, and that's the reason I never became a surgeon. I can't tell right, left. (laughs) And believe it or not, Albert Einstein had the same problem, so I'm in that category.
0: You draw the marching ants at the wrong side on the wrong organ, right?
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oopsie-daisy. Would we do a left? Okay, off the cliff.
0: (laughs) I wanted to clarify something there. You had mentioned a term called MIPS. A lot of people Hmm. may not be familiar with that, but right now what we're seeing is a shift from fee-for-service to value-based outcomes, and now there's new benchmarks for measuring quality care. Um, and, and that's the MIPS model or the merit incentive based uh, payment system. So that's something that is new, not really too new, but uh, fairly new to our, our professions and is an awesome shift, I think, because now we're mm-hmm. moving away from all these quantity based metrics and we're moving more towards is the patient actually getting better and how can we measure that and how can we hold um, the patients above, you know, just yep. looking at productivity, if you will. And I think
1: it's very important because we're going to treat the patient as a whole. And it's a team approach now. It's not a one-person approach. You've got a social worker. You've got a pharmacist with you. I keep going back to the pharmacist because I feel in America, we give a lot of our patients a lot of medications. And every time I teach my medical students, say, if you're giving a pill, is it going to benefit? And if it's a side effect, are you going to give another pill to manage the side effect? So these things are very important. And that's where a pharmacist should be always in collaboration with a physician and help each other that we take better care of the patient. And then you have nutritionists coming in. And what also is coming now is patients are going more towards what we call non-traditional medicine treatment. They're looking at herbal medications, they're looking at vitamins, holistic medications. And is it because traditional medicine is not delivering it is delivering, but expectations of society are different. So the paradigm also has to be there. This people are going to alternative medic medications or alternative form of health, or we call alternate medicine.
0: Dr. Sheikh, one of the things that I mentioned on my last episode was the fact that there's a lot of responsibility being placed on physicians for mm-hmm. these patient outcomes to be met, and. With that, I feel like there's been less and less responsibility being placed on the patient to manage their health. Um, Oftentimes, I feel like they're being cut out of the picture in consideration. How do you feel like CCM has changed that to empower patients to become more responsible and more uh, accountable for their health? Because I I realize that physicians are getting dinged for... You know, patients getting no. rehospitalized,
1: and well, oh, no, definitely. And it's interesting. Patients who are in the <laughs> chronic care management program, normally there's an eighteen percent national average of readmissions, but in patients who are in CCM is twelve percent. So basically, six percent. Why is that? There's a connection between the patient and the provider. Quite often, we're in the clinic and we have X amount of time. But when you have your uh, one of your medical assistants call the doc- patient every month. So the patient now feels connected to that doctor. So there's less chance of that patient going to the hospital because if there's no connection, they say, you know what, I'm just going to the hospital. But now when you have this communication on a regular basis and that bonding is much stronger, the patient's less likely to go to the ER but first consult with the primary care physician. I mean, genuine patients should go to the ER. There's a lot of stuff that can be taken care of by the primary care if there is communication.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think communication is key. And just, you know, basic education, I feel like that's the piece that's missing is the thereafter, as you said, you know, you have the point of diagnosis where the physicians there, you have the independent pharmacy where they get the medication, but where's the thereafter piece? Where's the actual education happening? And you can't just depend on the handoff of the medication at the counter consultation, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it needs to be a continued communication Mm -hmm. with the patient to make sure that they find success with their regimen.
1: And it's called reinforcement, reinforcement, reinforcement. That's all it is. And again, when you, and medications, are what's a reinforcement? At least when you go in, come to see you and it's okay. Do you know what you're taking this for? And so I don't know. The doctor wrote the script. Okay. But do you know why you're taking it? I don't know. So there comes that issue. We want to take that. I don't know out. And with you, the pharmacist there, say, so, okay. The reason is it could be A, B, or C, but let me find out. And then you come back and say, Dr. Sheik, what did you give this patient for? Uh, oh, I don't know. No, I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. So well, this I don't know we have to take out of this thing. And that's where collaboration with community pharmacists and the CCM reinforcement talking again. The patient now is told, hey, uh, let me find out what Dr. Sheik gave you, pill X. Why did he give it to you? Did he explain? Oh, he forgot. Well, I, quite often when you're in the office and you're talking to the patient, it's, you know, you're worried, you know, you forget to ask or we give them something and we do say something, but then the patient will only absorbs a certain amount of knowledge. But when they go home, oh, what did he say? And that's where CCM comes in again. And then when you call them the next day, hey, did you forget to ask the doctor something?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time and for spending this evening with me to talk about all things CCM. And I'm excited to chat with you again soon on some of the other stuff that we're doing behind the scenes. But I wish you a blessed rest of your day and weekend. And I will talk to you again soon.
1: Take care. Thank you very much.
0: My pleasure. Good night. Thank you for listening to this episode of LickStick and More. Subscribe and follow us on YouTube and all the social media sites at Perfect Balance Healthcare or visit us anytime at pbh.life.